Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Hello, everybody. This is Keith Chancy coming at you live from Canicuck Camp for the Canicuck Institute. And I wanted to give you something really fun to talk about today that God's Word just spoke out loud from 2 Timothy chapter 3. And we're going to look verses 1 through 9 of, of chapter 3 of 2 Timothy today. And guys, I just want to really get you encouraged because you know what? People ask me every day. They say, Chancy, do you think we're close to the end times? And I go, you know what? I think we're closer than we were yesterday. And so that's my answer. I do believe we're closer than we were yesterday, but I have no idea how close that we are. But I do know this, that we have come close to Crazyville. You know, when I read chapter 3, verse 1, it says, but realize this, and once again, this is Paul teaching Timothy, and he says, guys, realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Well, when he says difficult times are going to come, and when he talks about last days, the last days that he's talking about is he's talking about this age, the time that from the first coming of Christ till now, that there has been a time that we've seen Christ come And we do know that he's going to come back. We don't know when he's going to come back. But these last days, there's going to be a lot of crazy stuff that happened, I guarantee you. And we're probably going to be able to see it, but we're not going to know when. And so, as you know, when we look in the world and we read the paper, we read our our phones and what's all going on, we kind of go, kind of disheartened you. But I want to build you up today. Because I don't want you to be frustrated what you see. I want you, rather than look at the negative side, I want you to look at what can we do? How can we minister to a lost world? Let me give you an example here that I think is kind of a good one, but it's kind of terrible. So bear with me for a moment. You know, for the last couple of years, I, I, I'm a scuba diver. And, and I love to scuba dive. And, and y'all may have heard me share this story, but it's worthy of telling again if you haven't heard it. I like to... Uh, go with the students every every week here at Canicuck. We jump off of a, a, a bluff. It's about 30, 35 feet high. And a couple of years ago, I jumped off that. And when I jumped off, I didn't realize I had on my watch. Well, you know, these eye watches, they're, they're pretty expensive. And when I landed in the water, I feel it go off my wrist. And I, I start swimming down to try to catch it. And I'm thinking it can't be that deep here. And I go down and I'm trying to catch it, but I can't catch it. It's too fast for me. And so I go back up and I'm kind of frustrated. But I go, you know what? I'm a scuba diver. I'm going to go get my scuba gear. I don't want to come back here and I'm going to find it. So the difficult time was my watch is gone. I'm going to go down and find it. And so, uh, but the thing is, I don't know anything about this situation. So I get back, I get my gear, I go back to a boat and I bypass the number one rule that you should ever scuba dive. Number one, I didn't have anybody with me. Two, nobody knows where I'm going. Three, I'm an idiot. Okay, I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm an idiot. So I get my boat, I go out there, and I go, it can't be that deep. I'm just going to go down, make it quick. I got my flashlight. So I jump out of the boat, tie up my boat, go down to the water, and I start going down 10 feet, 20 feet. And I go, whoa, 30 feet. 35 feet, 40 feet. I'm going, wait, this is a little deeper. And by this time I realize this might be a little deeper than I think. It's right off the bluff. And now 50 feet, 60 feet, 70 feet, 80 feet, 85 feet, I touch bottom. Now I'm gone. I've come too far to turn back. 
It's just like a world. We've kind of come too far. It's not going to turn back. And I don't know what's going to happen. But I know this. I've got to make a decision now. So here I am at the bottom. I've got my flashlight. Now, there's no visibility. It's pitch dark. And I start going, okay, I need to start looking. So I start, my light's out. I'm, I'm an inch from the bottom with my eyes. I'm trying to see. And as I'm going around in circles, all of a sudden, my flashlight goes out. And I go, well, that's okay. I'm just going to kind of feel. Well, I start going in circles and I'm kind of combing the bottom. And I go, well, I better check my, uh, how much air I have. And I find out that I've got 500 pounds of pressure left. I go, I better go up because you don't want to be down too deep, too long. And I, so I need to go up. So I, I start to go up, dink. And I go, oh no, somehow I've gone into a cave. And I'm pitch dark. I don't know which way I came in. Did I come from the front, the back, the left, or the right? Which way do I go to get out of here? So as I start to try to back up, I realize that my gear is caught on a stalactite. I can't get out. I'm going to tell you something. My heart starts going really fast. And the more that your heart goes fast, the more you start breathing, and the faster you're going to run out of air. So I I had to make a decision. I laid flat on the ground. I unclipped my stuff, took off my tank. I'm dragging it. I cannot see. I'm literally blind. And I go, I've got one chance to make a right decision. And I start going, I think this may be the way that I go. I'm asking God, God, please help me. And as I pull my gear out, holding my hand up, feeling the roof, all of a sudden I see, I feel that there's nothing there. As I do that, I put my gear back on and I start to go up and I realize I'm out of the cave. Now, guys, I'm going to tell you something. There was one critical moment that I went, I may die here. Nobody's going to find me. Nobody knows I'm here. This is the worst thing I could have ever done. How dumb of me to do this. All for a watch. And it put everything in perspective for me. Am I searching the temporary or am I really about the eternal? Why am I down here looking for a $200 watch when I could be up there saving souls? Guys, that day, God just gave something to me that I needed to understand. What am I doing with my life? Am I looking at the end times in a negative way or a positive way? Am I seeing the difficulty of our world as something that cannot be changed? Or am I going, you know what? While I'm here, I'm going to make a difference for Christ. Well, when I got up to my boat that day, guys, there was, there was a come to Jesus reckoning moment in my own life. I went, I will never live the same way. So now, as you look in verse 2, Paul says, he says, guys, during these end times, this very difficult times, and the difficulty there, he's talking about these Matthew eight twenty eight when he's talking about the garrison demoniac. And these guys came, they were tormented, that the times were difficult because these guys had lost their mind. In James 2, 19, it says that you believe God is one, you do well. For even the demons believe, but yet they tremble. Guys, in today's world, it's not just enough to believe. We've got to understand the process of redemption, of sanctification. We've got to understand how we are saved through grace. It's only through grace alone. And I've got to be completely in or I'm completely out. And so now Paul says, guys, the difficult times are going to come for, ver- for men will become lovers of self. Men will become narcissists. Men will become difficult to get along with. It will be so self-centered. Do you think we're there? 
you know, I've known some narcissists in my life, but my goal is not to condemn the narcissist. My goal is to love the narcissist. And you know what? Sometimes I can probably be narcissistic. But what happens so often is we focus on the negative rather than what God through his redemption can do. And so Paul says, guys, men will be lovers of self. They'll be lovers of money, stuff, controlled by stuff. They'll be boastful. They're going to talk about themselves. They're going to be arrogant. They're, they're going to flaunt what they've got. They're going to revilers, talk about others. They're going to be disobedient to parents. They're not going to get along. They're going to want to make their own world. They'll be like the prodigal son. Give me my share of the estate. Give me mine. I wish you were dead, mom and dad. They're going to be ungrateful. Rather than see what they have been given, they're going to be always wanting more. They're going to be unholy, where rather than going to church, they're going to find other things to do that keep them more occupied. They're going to be unloving. They're not going to care about their neighbors. They're not going to go knock on the doors of the people beside them or behind them because they're too busy. They're going to be irreconcilable, that they're just caught up into their own world. They're going to be malicious gossips, talking about everybody. They're going to be without self-control. They've lost control. You know, when you look at the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's interesting that self-control would be the last one, but it's one that we begin to watch people. It's so, so many people are so out of control. Our world has just gotten, we're eating terrible things. We're drinking and doing things that are just destroying our body. Brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless like me, going down in that lake, looking for a watch that was worth nothing compared to eternal, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness rather and, and denying the power of God. He says now, guys, Avoid such men as these. Guys, it's very evident. There's these in our end times. All these things that Paul says, it's going to be real and it's going to be evident and it's going to be savage times that we look at in our world. But do me a favor. Don't see the glass half empty, but see the glass half full. That you go, you know what? That's why God put me here. Chancey goes down and tries to grab that $200 watch thinking that's so important. Now, I'm not going to discount. It wouldn't have been bad to found it. But later, what you know what I found? When I got my mind right, I ended up getting a friend and we went back down. And you know what we found? We have now found over 50 iWatches down there. I found gold chains. I found stuff down there. Do you know why? Because now it's no longer what I can find for myself. Because when you find an iWatch, the thing about it is that you can't use it because it has a code in it. So we just call it into Apple and we give these watches their serial codes and maybe they can find their owners. But it's kind of fun. But when you're all about yourself, there's going to be nobody that wants to be with you. And Paul says, guys, avoid such people that are all about themselves. For among these people, there are those that enter into households that captivate weak, weak women held down by their sins and they're led away by various impulses. You know, it's interesting that we just see these people that are living so selfishly and they're not experiencing the goodness and the joy and the presence of God, but they're so caught up into such horrible, perilous times. They've gotten so caught up into what we want rather than what God wants. And so my check today as I put my fingers on my pulse is to go, you know what? Am I caught up into always learning but never coming to the knowledge of truth? Am I like Janes and Dranberries when it talks about these guys that 
We're like Moses. When Moses parted the Red Sea, when he turned the water uh, to blood, when there were gnats, there were frogs, there were all these things, and Janes and Jambres, they did very similar magician-type, what they would call miracles. But these guys weren't really miracle workers. These are demonic people. And guys, you're going to see junk in this world. But I want you to know this, that God has done what nobody else could ever done. He raised Jesus from the grave. He gave him new life. He was the Savior of the world. His blood forgave all the sins of the world. And he offered the whole world salvation. And so as I say this, I look at this and I go, like James and Jambres, these guys were opposed to truth. They had depraved minds. They They rejected faith. And they will make no further progress in their life. They're only going to live in their folly. And it's going to be obvious to everyone, just as James and Jambres, there was folly to them. There will be folly in our world today. Because guys, you know what? I don't know if we're in the end times, but I know this. We're closer than we were yesterday. And what I want to really encourage you with today is this. Don't go with the flow of the rest of the world. Don't just say, I'm too busy. I'm doing what I do. Evaluate your job. Evaluate how you're doing as a husband or a wife. Evaluate how you're doing as a mom or a dad or a friend. Have I really, am I really making an imprint or an impact in our world? Or am I chasing that little measly watch that's going to the bottom of the lake? And I've, I've gone against everything that I know. And rather than doing the thing that I know is right, that watch was not near as important as my life and others' lives. Let's make a difference for Jesus Christ. Guys, I'm so encouraged by you guys today. I want you to know you're loved. And whether we're closer than times or not, it doesn't matter. Let's make our day count for the Lord. Hey, these are just a couple of words from God's Word today that I hope motivate you and get you excited. So I want you to know this. Have the best day ever. God bless. Bye-bye now. <laughs>